Thank you for listening to Fearless LA. We believe that where love is greater, fear is less. Tune in today to listen to a life-changing message from our special guest. Everyone say, I'm going to put it away. Say that to your name. I'm going to put it away. It says, I'm going to put away childish things. So I don't just, all of a sudden, when I become 21 years of age, I just poof, miraculously become an adult in my behavior, in my thinking, in my feelings, in my speaking. It doesn't just happen automatically. I kind of thought that until you really read this. It says, now that I have become an adult, how many adults do we have in here? Some people don't know yet. You are an adult. If, if you're an adult, you have to actually have some, there's some physical action that you have to do in order to become an adult. It's not just something that happens to you, but you have to actively make choices in your life. Because how many know there's a lot of adults that act like children? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of adults that are immature. Has anyone met any immature adults? And we go, oh my goodness, I never want to be immature. But we all have immaturities. I have immaturities. You have immaturities. We all have immaturities, things that we need to grow out of in our life. And so we have to make a choice. Turn your name and say, make a choice. I have to make a choice to move out of these childish things and put them behind me. And, and, and pastors talk about thinking. Um, our thinking is, is, is a major thing. It says, I thought as a child. So we have to change the way we think. The, the battlefield starts where? In our mind. This is the playing field where the enemy starts. Whatsoever a man or woman thinks, so you become. That's a pretty powerful thing. I don't become something and then because of that I have to change the way I think. It's actually different. I have to actually start here, change these immature ways of thinking so that actually will change my life. I don't need a new life. I need a new thought. I don't need a new life. I need another thought. And if I can change my thinking, then it will change the way I see life and I live my life. And we talk about feelings. Are my feelings? How do you feel? How do I feel? I feel depressed. Oh, I feel so good. I mean, I thought about this. It, Fearless LA would not exist today if I listened to my feelings. I had to leave our double salary, sell our home that we bought, sell my belongings, fit it in a U-Haul. Uh, I was pregnant at the time. I felt like Mary and Joseph. We couldn't find a house. <laughs> I was like six, seven months pregnant. It was like crazy. And, and I thought, man, this doesn't feel really good. This feels terrible. And many people go, Chrissy, I don't feel God in this, so I'm not going to do it. I go, no, no, no. We don't live off our feelings. We live off the truth of God's word. We don't live off that. We don't live off fact and feeling and emotion. I live off what he says and what his word says. So I knew God spoke to us, so we're here today. So, so Jesus has lived a life, an example of not living off of his emotions, right? When he went to the cross, before he went to the cross, he says, gosh, let this cup pass from me. I don't want to do this. I don't want to go through this. But really not my will, but let yours be done. So in other words, I don't feel it. I, I, I want to do anything else but go to the cross right now. But if this is your will, I want to give an example to humanity that I don't want to live off of how I feel, but I want to live off what is the truth of God's word. So he said, I'm going to lay a path for you. You know, Jesus didn't come to hurt you. 
Jesus came to kill you. He didn't come to kill you physically. He came to kill my flesh. He came to kill the way I think that is fleshly and immature. He came to kill my anger. He came to kill my, my selfishness. Amen. How many go, God, God, I want you to kill that. I want to die. Living sacrifice means I have to die. Amen. So we don't want to live off our feelings. We're not in our feels. We're in him. We're in his word. So today... I am going to focus off of our words and our speech because it says, I spoke as a child. So our words frame our world. Isn't that amazing? If you're taking notes, you could write that. Our words frame. Now, Pastor Wes Dunn, did you all enjoy him last week? He came. He was amazing. And uh, he started kind of this conversation on the power of our words and how we speak um, this whole series has been convicting for me. How many have trouble with your words? How many have said something that you wish you never said? How many say, have said something that you regretted? How many have said something that is immature? Okay, yes. There's some angels in this room, so we welcome you, all the angels. Um, and, but everyone else, the struggle is real. It is hard. The other day, um, well, this is always this happens almost daily. It's the dysfunctional PK life, I guess. So my kids were arguing. They're 15 months apart. And they started just yelling at each other. And then Brave goes, I wish you were never my sister. And, 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 and then she was crying. And I was like, oh, no, this is terrible. This is happening all the time now. My kids are so dysfunctional. And then, and then he was, uh, she was like, well, I wish you had never been born. And I was like, oh, my God. So, so y'all, y'all pray for me. Hashtag pray for me. Adulting. This is hashtag really adulting. So they, they run to me and tell me what they said. I go, you guys can't say this to each other. Look at you hurting and wounding each other. We're going to have to pull out, renounce, and denounce all these demons. You know? And they're like, no, no, I don't want them to be born. I'm like, they're born. You can't put them back in my stomach. They're, they're born. This is your sister's brother. You have to love each other. You know, but, but these are strong words. Now, they forgave each other, but this is, this is children. So I kind of think... You know, I suppose that they're, they're going to act like children, and they're going to be immature at times. But the problem is, when we become adults, but we still act like children with our words, and we haven't grown up from that. We still make accusations. We still put jabs in our conversations. We still joke and say we're joking, yet no one in the room is laughing. They're all hurting. We begin to be sarcastic with our words, which rips the flesh, the Bible says, off of a person's back. We begin to speak negatively over ourselves. We beat ourselves up. We, 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 we're hard on ourselves. Our speaking, I'm speaking to the choir here. We, 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 we do this to ourselves. Listen, I love this because in this room, you guys are, you, you are making the choice. You are in this room today and you're going, hey, I'm committed to growing in my life. I'm committed to maturing in my life. And you showed up today on a Sunday morning. You should be patting yourself on the back and saying, good job. I'm here. I made it through. Come on, give yourself a hand today. You did this. Listen, if you've gone to DNA leadership, this, this is you going, yes, I'm going to grow out this. If you've gone to dinner parties, yes, go to dinner parties. These are all things, but you're going, hey, it's not okay when somebody becomes an adult, yet spiritually you have not, you've neglected growing in your speaking. Amen. We have to start changing the way we speak. There's life and death in our words. We can wound people. We can heal people with our words. 
I've actually experienced a lot of healing um, through hard things with my spouse, with my husband. Words he said may have wounded me, but also words he can say heal me from a lot of traumatic things that I've walked through. We, we can divide with our words. We can unite with our words. But guess what? This church, we need to be united. We live in a city, in a world, in a country. And I could get a big amen on this that is very divided. And divided because of not just actions, but because of words that have been exchanged. Divisive, hateful words, racism, judgment. All those things. This is not okay, church. A kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. So guess what? In this church, we are not going to be part of that. We're going to be a church that rises up. We're going to speak unity. We're going to speak life. That's why God's put us in this city. That's why God's put us in Los Angeles. We're going to stand up. And we cannot divide. with Because where is he got The enemy want to start the church. The church. So we are going to speak. We're going to change the way we speak. And the words in Ephesians 5, 18 through 20 says this. Ephesians 5. Do you know the devil, the worst thing that the devil could be called is not liar, is not pornographer, is not murderer. There's a lot of horrible things that the devil could be called. But the word says he's called. They named him accuser of the brethren. That is the worst thing we could do, is be an accuser of the brethren, partner with darkness, and partner. So we're going to take off those things. We're not going to partner with that anymore. So Ephesians 5.18 says this, and do not be drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. How many want to be filled with the Spirit? Speaking to yourselves. Everyone say that. Speaking it doesn't even say speaking to other people, some version, but speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melodies in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks when I feel like it, <laughs> giving thanks when I got the raise, come on, when my tax return came in, giving thanks when, that is hard. For all the things unto God, for the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Speaking to yourself. What is our self-talk? I believe our talk to ourself, how we speak to ourselves, and how we speak about ourselves is more powerful than any other words that are spoken to us. I think we need to take inventory of what we speak to ourselves more than we take inventory of anything else in our life. I I don't know if I can get through this day. Uh, I don't don't know how I'm going to be able to handle what I have in front of me. I don't know how I'm going to have the money to get through, you know, to pay these things this week. And these are just things I've been saying, you know. I I, I don't know how uh, no one likes me. Uh, Does any, no one really loves me. Uh, I don't know if I can get through this and nothing ever good happens to me and blah, 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 bad, it's bad, it's bad. You know, this, a couple years ago, I realized I came into this city. How many know this city's expensive? We all know this. Well, I just kept saying, honey, we're never going to get a house. There's no way. And I said, I got convicted last week with Wes was speaking. 
Because he goes, we say things like, what house could we get in Texas? And then I say that. What house? I could get a compound in Texas. You know, I could get some, like, you know, awesome movie theater. And, and so I think that's what. So, so I keep saying, I, we will never have the money to get a house. And I, and I realized there's, a, there's something so powerful about my confession. Five years later, we don't have a house. We're still renting a house. Now, you could say it's a bunch of other reasons why, but I really believe there's power in our confession. And so I began to think about this, and me and my husband started saying, no, 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 we're, we're going to get a house here. I know we don't make a lot of money. It's okay. We're going to get a house here because I want a miracle house anyway. God's going to have to do something awesome. I want to talk about it. I, I don't want it to be like easy like we could have done it. I want to I testify about it. I want us all to celebrate. We put in the numbers, and we put in our tax returns, and we are waiting right now to see if we are approved for a home loan. And in the meantime, yeah, in the, and we'll let you know, and we can celebrate together. Because every time I think about this, and I wake up in the morning, I go, God, I know you have a miracle home for our family. God, I know you're going to give us what we need. God, not what we want. Just give us what we need. God, I know that loan's going to come back, and it's going to be more than enough, God, because you are more than enough, God. God, I know you have a miracle for our family. I know you have. Every time I think of it, God, I know you have a miracle. And you know what? I believe that confession and that declaration is bringing something to ha- in the supernatural. It's beyond what I see right now, but I'm speaking things out that are not as though they are, right? That's what we have to do. We speak, and I'm going to tell you about it. In a couple of weeks, I'm going to stand up here and say, I have some awesome news. We got approved for a loan, and we're going to get a home. Are you ready, church? I just want to tell you. But I, I, I think the words that you speak to yourself. Now, my, my words over you are powerful. This might be powerful, me speaking over you today and telling you these things. But your words over you are so much more powerful than what other people you cannot rise above your own confession. You can rise over above the confession. We talk a lot about what people said and the wounds that they gave me. And you can rise above somebody else's confession over you. But you cannot rise above your own confession. And, and I found that because I'll minister to people. And I'll tell people, I'll, I'll be in an appointment with them. I'll go, no, no, you're valuable. You're worth so much. God loves you. Don't you see who you are? And they feel like a million bucks. They come back to me a week later and they say, I feel worthless and I don't feel like God loves me. It's because your words that you speak and your self-talk over your life can destroy your own destiny and can destroy your own progress and can leave you in a place of immaturity. I don't want to sabotage my own life from my own self-talk. Amen? We have to change that. And we have to change. You know, have you all heard of um, Dr. Carolina Leaf? She's amazing. She's talking about how we label ourselves. And we talk a lot about people put labels on us. Yes, they do. But we sometimes put labels on ourselves. My anxiety. My panic attacks. My depression. I'm just, my issues are with this. And I have... I have so many issues. This is, it's almost like, you know, my eating disorders. We personalized it and it's become our own. And we've identified 
ourselves with this thing and this behavior, this mindset, as if it is part of who we are. And now we are preventing ourselves from getting free and set free. And we are locking ourselves in a place of bondage. We are burying ourselves in our own confession. So we got to break out of that because those things are not who you are. They do not make you who you are. You know what? If you're struggling with anxiety, you don't say this is my anxiety. You go, guess what? I, I, I am struggling with this, but thank God I'm going to come on the other side of this. I'm going to get, and I'm going to testify. I'm going to get free of this. This is only season. I'm going to get out of this. This is not a permanent place, church. We don't have to talk. As this, is, this is just a season. This is just a moment. I'm coming out of this. I'm going to get out of this. I'm not going to stay in this place. I'm not going to live in this house. I'm going to move forward. I'm moving out of immaturity. And I'm going to speak with maturity. I'm a chosen generation. I'm royalty. I'm holy. People belonging to God to show forth the praises of him who has brought you out of darkness and into his light. You are not a slave to those things. You are not a slave to the darkness. Amen. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but this has become who you are. You have to take off those unnecessary titles that you've put upon your life. That is not who you are in Jesus' name. Amen. I, I find sometimes... You know, Deanna, if I just listen to myself, like, have you ever thought, man, after I talked, I feel so depressed by my own talk. I don't even need the devil. Like, I don't even need anyone else. I'm like, if I played that CD to myself, man, I would just be crying fetal position in the corner. Like, it's depressing. It's, we have to turn around. It just shows how powerful our mouth is, how much joy I don't really need a pastor or leader to tell me anything. I really have to change me. I have to change my speaking. I have to change the way I talk to myself. Changes everything. Changes everything. You can, you can let, let, let me go a little bit further. Are y'all learning anything? Ephesians 4, 29 says this. Ephesians 4, 29. Let's see. Do not let unwholesome, foul, profane, worthless, vulgar words ever come out of your mouth, but only such speech as is good for what? What is it? Say? say that loud. Building up. Come on, say that again. Building up others according to the need and the occasion so that it will be a blessing to everyone who hears in 30 do you have verse 30 and do not grieve the holy spirit do you, do you, isn't that interesting how it talks about your language and how you speak and then and how you need to build up others and it's talking about how this is very connected to this next part it's the next verse so do not grieve the holy spirit of god but seek to please him by whom you were sealed and marked, branded as God's own for the day of redemption. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit to cause distress, sorrow. So when I speak out of my frustration, when I speak 
out of my emotion, when I speak out of my feelings, when I speak out of my anger, when I begin to do these things, all of a sudden it causes grief, the Bible says, to the Holy Spirit. And if the Holy Spirit lives in me, the same Jesus and the same Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives inside of me. Now, now, the Holy Spirit is grieved because he knows the power. He knows, if anybody knows, the power of our words, right? He knows the power of words. He spoke the whole world, creation, with, with a word, with, with speaking. So he knows what it does when it affects, how it affects other people, how it affects our future, how it affects our destiny. So, so Holy Spirit is grieved, but the Holy Spirit lives inside of me. No wonder I feel sorrowful after I speak the way I've spoken. No wonder I feel distressed. No wonder I feel, because I'm holding, housing that grief inside of me. Isn't that crazy? Does anyone want to cause grief to the Holy Spirit? I don't think anyone. The Bible says there is power, the power of life and death is in the tongue. Now, we stop there, but the Bible says we actually um, eat the fruit of our words. I mean, just think about how we eat that, just like food. So it's likening it to food. If you eat good food, you feel good. You got energy. I ate my chicken and my veggies, and I'm feeling like running a mile. Um, for me, that's awesome because I hate running. But you eat bad, you don't feel good. You feel exhausted. You feel... So you eat your words. Your words can cause health to your body, or you can actually cause cancer spiritually, in your own body, by your own words. Well, I just said it to the other person. No, 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 you ate those words. You digested the words you just spoke. Wow. So you can depress yourself. You can frustrate yourself. You can, you can uh, make yourself angry, or I can cheer myself up. I can, I, can, I can speak life over myself. It happens with myself. I can have control over my feelings. Yes, I can control my feelings through my mouth, through my language, and through my words. You have power to do that today. You have power to do that. I could wake up and go, oh, gosh, I don't feel good. This is going to be a bad day. I don't know how I'm going to get through this day. This is just going to be such a tough day. How am I going to have the finances do this? I don't know if I'm going to be able to accomplish this. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get this part that I want to get. I, I don't feel that. I'm going to just be anxious all day. Or you could change that. You can wake up and say, guess what? This is another day, God. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Your mercies are new every single day. And this is a new day. Your grace is sufficient for me. It is more than enough for me, God. I know I'm weak, but guess what? Your strength is made perfect in my weakness. I'm going to be light in darkness. I speak to depression right now. I speak to my anxious soul, and I say, I'm going to praise you. I'm going to bless your name. I don't feel it, but I'm going to speak it, and things begin to change. Amen. That's what we have to do. Come on. Didn't you feel like strength? There's a physical strength that comes in your body when you begin to speak scripture. I feel strengthened just now. Did you feel that strength? That is a spiritual weapon. You begin to speak out those things. No, no, no. God, I can do all things. I don't know if I can do this. No, no, no. God, you said I can do all things through Christ who strengthens. If I got your strength, man, what can I not accomplish? Thank you, Jesus, that I'm not partnering with myself. I'm partnering with you, Holy Spirit, to get through this day. Hebrews 3.1 says this. 
Y'all, y'all learning, y'all. How are y'all doing? Hebrews 3, 1. Therefore, holy brothers, you who share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus, the apostle. Jesus is the high priest of our confession. Wow. Have you ever thought of that? Has anyone ever heard that? Jesus is the high priest of our confession. So he can only do what we are saying. And confession means, means to say the same thing as. So confession means to say the same thing as. And he can only do what we are saying. Jesus is the high priest of our confession. So if I'm mirroring what he says about me, isn't this powerful? If I can partner with him and I can actually say what he is actually saying about me and I can actually speak it out myself, I can actually see some of these breakthroughs and things I've been waiting for take place because Jesus partners with that. When I speak, I'm partnering with heaven to bring those things down on an earthly realm. So guess what? Some of you have been frustrated because you've been praying and you've been waiting and you've been waiting and you haven't seen the breakthrough. You haven't seen the blessing. You haven't seen the miracle. But maybe you don't know that you're canceling out your own miracle because you're going, I know the word says to have faith and then all we do is speak doubt and unbelief doubt and unbelief yes then we will not see that happen god will provide yes i know the word says god will provide but i don't know how i'm going to do it this week we are canceling out our own come on we got to go no 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 the fruit of my womb will be blessed i will have children i will find a spouse i will get married in jesus name it's last thing i do i'm gonna find a spouse in Los Angeles, that's a believer that loves Jesus, that's on fire for God. Come on, you can find him in Los Angeles. I'm going to find this. I'm gonna, God, I'm going to have victory. I'm not going to be fearful for this. This is not my permanent home. Amen. I want to give you this word because it, it, it's something that, that can change your life. can change your life. Now, I want to talk about, I don't have much time, so I'm going to just go through this very quickly. Um, just a couple things you should do when it comes to your mouth. Crucify your complaints and guard your gratitude. Crucify your complaints and guard your gratitude. Psalm 107.2 says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Well, I have a thankful heart. Don't they know that I'm so thankful? To- no, no, we don't know. Well, I want you to say it. Come on, does anyone ever know? We, a lot of us don't have ESP. We don't know. We want you to, it's the hardest thing. My husband's like, you know, you don't appreciate me. Uh, yeah, I always think, you know, and uh, I'm appreciative. I'm like, I think it all the time. But uh, he goes, no, you never say it. I'm like, ah, why is it so hard for us to, it's easy to verbalize the negative, internalize the positive. Why is that? It, 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 it is our natural human nature, but it's saying, let the redeemed, if you're redeemed, in this room, let, let them just actually acknowledge it. Wow. Say so. Wow. Tell them about it. Don't be quiet about it. I want you to tell them how thankful you are for them. I want you to stop complaining about things. I want you to start having gratitude. And, and, and there's a story of the Israelites in the Bible. They were classic with this thing called complaining. In Numbers 21, it says this. Then they set out, this is the Israelites, 
they set out of Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. And the people became impatient. Has anyone ever, I deal with impatience. That's probably the hardest thing for me. Anyone else impatient? Because of the challenges of the journey. Isn't there challenges? So the people spoke against God and against Moses. It's always somebody else's fault. Why have you brought us out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread, there is no water, and we loathe this miserable food. Y'all know the food that they're talking about that's miserable was the manna from heaven. They were complaining about the miracle manna from heaven. I, I mean, wouldn't this be awesome if in Los Angeles, like today, there was like raining free food? Like, I'm all about free things. I'm like on the cheapskate show. <laughs> I love free stuff. Like, and as a mom, any moms, like, you don't have to cook again. And the kids are yelling at you. You just drag them outside. Hey, put your head up, open up your mouth, and let Jesus feed you. You know what I'm saying? Jesus will feed you. Shut up. Be quiet. And it's free, so I don't care. Manna. Free manna from heaven. It's free. It's a miracle. Miracle gone. They're complaining about So I, more than we need... A miracle, I think we need maturity. Much more than we need a miracle because if we get the miracle without maturity, I think we'll have a sense of entitlement and we'll complain about it instead of having a heart of gratitude. We will, we will act entitled and complain about a miracle because, and then we'll just keep needing God to keep doing miracles. Because, you know, I, I, I was guilty of this the other day. We, lived in a, we live in a loft. And at first I was like positive and I loved it. I'm like, this is a hellhole. This is horrible. It's like a concrete prison. You know, we live in this, this loft and it's all concrete. There's some windows in the back, you know, and, and, and it's awesome. But then there's a point where I started just getting, I had like a negative sesh, you know, like just session, like with myself, nobody's around. I just depressed myself. Like, you know, like I said, I didn't need the devil. I didn't need any demons. I didn't even want to give me a call. I did it myself. And I was like, oh, my goodness. I, I'm, I'm, I have this laundry. I don't have a laundry room. It, it's just out in the open. So then I have five people in our family that don't know how to clean after themselves, and they're slobs. And then I have ten loads of laundry a day, and so all the laundry is just laying out for everyone to see because I don't have that. And, you know, and the concrete floors are so dirty, and I don't know how my seven-month-old is going to crawl them on this dirty floor, and then, you know, I, we have one bathroom for five people. God, don't you know, isn't that horrible? I have one bathroom for five people, and it seems like my son and daughter, their bladders have synced up, because literally every time one has to go poop, the second one stands at the door and has to go poop at the same time. I don't know what to do, so lately I've been like, either poop on yourself, or I'm going to get a diaper for you, and you're just going to poop in one of these diapers. I mean, seriously, my kids are crazy. So I'm like, God, I, have, I, I was just going through this, like, negative session, right? And then I looked on Instagram about somebody, a friend I have, and she's just laughing, and she's having fun. She's got her kids. And I find them walking to the, walking to the laundry mat with all their clothes. And I put my phone down, and I go, oh, my goodness. Man, gratitude is not about the circumstance, but gratitude's all about my perspective on the circumstance. And I have actually been complaining about a miracle. I've been complaining about a blessing. And really, I don't need a miracle. I need maturity. 
I need to start maturing in my life. Do y'all catch this? It's so I can handle the responsibility and the weight of what God wants. God wants you to have maturity before you find your spouse because he wants you to be able to not complain when it gets hard being married. He wants you to learn how to bless those things. He wants you to be mature before you have kids because Lord knows there's challenges to children. And you could start complaining to God for the things that you once prayed for. You're living in those prayers. And I don't want my words to speak complaints. Can my words speak hallelujahs? Can my words speak? praise to God. God, I praise you for this life. I thank you that I have a washer and dryer because I know that that is a blessing. I thank you that I have a bathroom, God. I thank you, God, that I have water. I thank you, God, in this room that I have two legs. I can walk. I don't have to be in a wheelchair, but I have two legs. I can. Look, I thank you, Jesus. I'm going to start turning around my cursing with my words and begin to be grateful for what is in front of me. Amen. Amen. Give God praise. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start having gratitude. And the last thing is this. To defeat discouragement by cultivating courage. Defeat discouragement by cultivating courage. I, 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 there's so much discouragement in this world. We don't need one more person. Yeah. We, need, we need people that are just going to put courage in people. Say, you got this. You can do this. There's people all around you in this room right now that are, that are needing, that are needing your voice, that are waiting on that encouragement, saying you could do this. You can make it. That, that's what you're supposed to. I want to know that when I leave somebody, it's not that, oh, thank God I didn't do, say anything wrong or say anything bad. Hopefully that's not the level of expectation we put on ourselves. Hopefully we, we go, man, I hope I added value to that person. Wow. I hope I left that person better than when they showed up to me. Can I pour everything I have into that person, even if it's a minute? Can I add something to them that helps them go on one more day, that helps them say yes one more day? And, and I, I think encouragement and sympathy are two different things. Many times we go through things, and, and we call it encouragement. We want encouragement, but really we want sympathy. We want people to feel sorry for us or in our pain. We want people to lick our wounds or be in our victimized state with us. But, 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 but we don't need sympathy. We need encouragement. And encouragement is a lot more than a compliment. It's more than just saying, you look good today. I like your hair. I like your shoes. You sang really good today. Encouragement is going, I know you're going through this, but I want you to get back up. Uh, don't you know that you can fight through this? Don't you know that you can make it through this? We got to put courage in each other. More than a compliment, more than sympathy, I need to put courage. Listen, today, Jeremy, I, I thought of this. I go, how powerful is encouragement? I, I, I think, you know, mo- thousands of people in ministry quit every single year. They quit every single year because of the challenges, the pressure. And I thought, why haven't we quit, you know, worship team, you can come down. Um, Why haven't we quit? Why haven't we, you know, how, it has been hard, right? There's challenges, there's pressure. We live in this city that's a, that, that can be pressure, a lot of pressure on you. Um, And, and, and I thought, well, number one, I want to listen and be obedient to God. He spoke to us, but number two, what is the biggest reason? It's been, it's been this church. This church has held me and pastor's arms up, when we felt so discouraged, I, f- I felt like I wanted to quit. And some, some of you in this room would come behind us and go, man, I just want you to know 
that what you're doing is making a difference. I just want you to know that, that I've gotten free of drug and alcohol addiction because of something that was said in that message or what. And, and that encouragement, when my, my kid was, my daughter was going through seizures and she was sick, that care package that came for us and all the leadership raised money and they put money together. And they, it's the simple things and the saying, we're with you. You're not alone in this. We're going to fight with you in, and we're going to see something happen. We're going to see revival in this city. You're not alone in this. We're going to, we're in this army with you. We're going to love more. We're going to fear less. And because of that, guess what? Encouragement sustains and strengthens us. Amen. Defeat discouragement by cultivating courage. Let's stand up to your feet. Isaiah 54 says this, the Lord God has given me the tongue of disciples. You have the tongue of a disciple as one who is taught that I may know how to sustain the weary with a word. You can sustain with your mouth the weary with a word. Has, have you ever been sustained when you were tired with a word? I remember Pastor Sammy Rodriguez, when y'all were at conference. Was anyone at conference? Yeah. Y'all remember um, Pastor Sammy when he began to speak a word over us. The strength that began in the room almost. The power of a word over someone. That, that, that what God is going to do in this city is going to look like, like Azusa Street Revival is going to look like an opening act, act compared to what God is about to do through this ministry, through Fearless LA. What, what the enemy, the territory the enemy has tried to keep you out of, you're going to be unlocked and be able to go into that kind of territory again. He began to speak these words. It sustains the weary with the word. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to listen as a disciple. I remember having a word over my life um, when it came to even having a child. And I was tired and I was like, am I ever going to have kids? We struggled. And someone said, you know what? You're going to have a child. And it's supposed to, it's meant to live and breathe and walk on this earth at a certain point in time. It's not supposed to be early. It's not supposed to be, it's supposed, there's an appointed moment. This baby is going to come. And that's sustained. I want you to know not only do you want a word, but, but you have the power. You have the tongue of a disciple. You have the tongue of a disciple. You, have, you can sustain people with the words of your mouth. Now, I want you to leave encouraged today. I don't want you to feel guilty for how you've spoken in the past. All we have to do is, what are we doing today? We're going to start changing. We're going to start growing. That's why we're here today. We're going to, I'm, I'm, I'm going out of that place of immaturity in my speech, and I'm going to walk into a place of maturity. And I want us to do something. Can you grab those um, little sticky notes behind your chair? And I want you to grab a pen really quickly, really quickly. We only have a minute. And I want you to do something very quickly. I want you to write two things. You have a little sticky note. Just grab that sticky note on the back of your chair. It's a yellow sticky note. And you can use whatever. If you want to use a card, you can. I want you to write two things. Write one thing. Write one praise in place of your complaint. Write one thing that you're grateful for in place of the complaint that you have. Number two, 
I want you to write one life-giving confession and place the negative words you've been confessing. I'm never going to be healed. Well, let, let's, let's give a word over that. What is, what is a confession that you should be speaking over that negative thing? Why don't you go ahead and take a moment to write those two things. Praise in place of your complaint. Confession over this negative thing. you're doing. Renewing. We're, we're training our minds. to actually speak these things out. So I want you I want you to tell us what you are. So for grateful, I'm grateful that I'm married. Um, and one thing that I've been thinking a lot is I'm never going to be healed or have babies, but I'm going to change that so I will be a mother. And I'm going to be healed of PCOS and I will carry my own children. Come on, can we just stretch our hands? Yes, you will. You will. You will be able to carry your children. And Lord Jesus, we come of agreement with every lie of the enemy and we come into agreement with truth today we thank you jesus that she is going to be a mother and that she's going to have children and lord jesus she's going to have a beautiful family and lord jesus every lie of the enemy that has been taunting her we call it null and void we silence every voice she speaks life i speak life over her womb that the fruit of her womb will be blessed in jesus name i thank you god you for her children that they will be blessed i thank you jesus in the next couple moments and months we will hear of a testimony that she has a miracle i thank you god that we will be hearing god of what you have done in our life in jesus name amen amen i know god highlighted you too anyone else anyone else want to share i didn't ask her i just told her want to share What's your name? Christina. You're from San Diego? Sacramento. Sacramento. And my first one was, I have an amazing husband. <laughs> and... I will get that job on Monday. We'll get that job on Monday, which is tomorrow. Next week. Have another view. And in Jesus' name, you are going to get that job. Lift your hands. Come on, can we pray? In Jesus' name. 
thank you, God, that she is blessed and she is highly favored. I thank you, God, for uncommon favor. I thank you that favor will walk before her. I thank you, Jesus, that when she walks into the doors on next Monday or when she gets that phone call, God, that it will be a phone call of a good report. I thank you, Jesus. Even if it's not that job, you have something better. So, God, we trust you in it. We speak out that there is the job, the right job, the perfect job, the right pay, the right hours, and that 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 application will go to the top of the stack. I thank you, God, that it will be highlighted in yellow in Jesus' name. I thank you, God, that you are more than enough, God. She, she doesn't have to worry or fear. It is hers for her. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Come on, give God praise. I wish I had more time. Can we do one more? Is that okay? I've been going to a lot of girls. Any, any, one man. children will be blessed and will be saved in Jesus name. Let's begin to pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you, God. We speak for every family member, every friend, every relative, every co-worker. I pray, God, right now that they would get saved. I just ask right now that they would give their life to you. God, we pray for every lost soul, God. We pray for every lost daughter and every lost son and mother and father. I pray, God, that they would make their way way back to you, God. I pray for a divine appointment. I pray that we'd use a certain situation. You would use us, God. I pray even more than words, you would use our life, God, as an example. I just thank you, God, for testimonies of people that are coming back to you, God, getting filled up with your spirit, that are becoming disciples of you, that are called, going, living out their calling, living out their purpose, God. We pray for them, God. In Jesus' name, save this city. Save our family. Save our co-workers. Save the people we go to school with. In Jesus' name. We need an awakening in people's spirits. Revive them in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, give God praise today. Yay! Yay! Come on! This is what you need to do every day. Get this piece of paper. You should do this over every negative confession. You might have five pieces, five big sheets of paper that you just need to write one column. This is what I've been saying. But you know what? I'm putting something else in this other column right here. You'll, you will be surprised what happens. Oh, amen. Are y'all ready for this? Thank you for listening. If you have something you need prayer for, we would love to pray for you. Visit fearlessla.com slash fearless TV to fill out a prayer request or to find more information about Fearless LA.